Corona Chronicle session 26 with Patrick Mulvaney. And I was recently out in Sacramento, uh, maybe like five months ago now. And uh, Patrick was a past guest on the show while I was out there. Uh, and he just is a leader in that Sacramento community. Sacramento uh, is an up and coming. Let's be honest. It's, it's the capital of California. It's not an up and coming city, but it's kind of on this resurgence right now. There's a lot of great things happening out there. Uh, so I wanted to get that, that, you know, a leader from that community on the show to kind of share what he's got going on and his leadership definitely shines through in today's episode. And the thing I want you to keep in the back of your mind when you're listening to this um, session today is that, you know, our purpose has kind of been stripped away from us recently. Um, but has it? Because our purpose is really to serve and to, to take care of our community and they, they haven't needed our help more than ever. So, uh, you know, that's one thing I want to make an example of Patrick in today's session is that he just gets out there and he serves regardless of whether there's cash flow involved. And what can you do in your community? That's what I want you to be asking yourself. What can I do? What can I do to help? Uh, Patrick is a shining example of that. And uh, I think you guys will love uh, listening to him. But before we get into that, I need to remind you that um, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the support of my sponsors. And this episode is brought to you by Procter and Gamble. Uh, it's almost like whenever there's a natural disaster, you, you, like Procter and Gamble is always kind of like there in the backgrounds. The image that might come to mind is uh, Don cleaning up ducks, uh, grease covered ducks, oil covered ducks whenever there's an oil spill. Maybe that's not a natural disaster. That's more of a human caused disaster, but this is absolutely a natural disaster in it's never been more important to be sanitary. Uh, Don has some products out there obviously that clean. So maybe microban is a product you might want to check out. And there's also Febreze uh, for Febreze professional, which kills up to 99.9% .9 of all bacteria. Uh, so, you know, Let's let's stay clean. Let's stay healthy. Procter and Gamble can help. Look for their products on the shelves when you're out in the stores. And with that said, here is today's episode. Thank you again to Patrick Mulvaney. Chef Patrick Mulvaney, my man, how are you? I am doing well. I'm upside down. <laughs> you, just flipped your, you just flipped this phone around. Good man. I'm doing things. <laughs> things are things are going okay, man. It's a, it's a tough time, and. Uh, a lot of hard, a lot of hard decisions, and uh, but we're working through it. And every day we feel a little better about where it's going and and what we're doing. Yeah. So for a quick, just a heads up for my listeners: Patrick Mulvaney was a past guest on the show. He was episode six hundred and seventy three. Uh, he's a leader in the Sacramento restaurant community, and uh, is the chef owner of Mulvaney's B and L. Correct me if I said anything incorrectly. No, that is fabulous. That's yes. where it's at. And so on the fourteenth of uh of march you know it became clear right that we were first we were social distancing and that everything was getting scrubbed and then we took out half the dining room tables but the truth is at the end of that fourth day in the middle of march we said this isn't sustainable right it's not safe for my staff and it's not really necessarily good for the public and we don't know what the future holds and things keep changing too rapidly. So, well, before we, we dive into, before we dive into why you made those decisions, how are you doing? Um, I want to check in with you. What's going through your mind? How are you handling this? So it's, it's interesting, right? Because we, we spent so much time. If you had asked me six months ago, we're talking about, I got your back and focusing on mental health in restaurants. Um, the last month has been focusing on the restaurants and some of it is, and there've been a couple of people who have said, 
hey, so now there's this crisis. So all of a sudden you're just fucking dropping mental health. It was just a shiny bobble. You know, I thought this was real stuff. But the truth is that that well-being, right? So when we say we say that that <clears throat> mental health is health, but right now we just want to make sure that health is health, right? Yeah. How do we how do we look and we're looking to get people fed and make sure that everybody has a, a place to you know a place to go and get a, a warm warm blanket and eating stuff. Yeah, you gotta take urgency into account, right? Uh, right now, people like their lives are turned upside down. Like, how can we get people on a track to to make sure they can ride this out and come out the other end as unscathed as possible. I mean, absolutely agree with that statement. And, and think about what I just said was that you asked me how I was doing and I told you how the fucking world was doing. Yeah. So the truth <laughs> is that we're still hard, still hard to talk about ourselves, right? It's still hard to focus on ourselves right now. Well, the reason so, why I wanted to get into that, cause I know that mental health is so important to you. So I figured, um, I want to check in with your own mental health and, uh, if, if you've been continuing to focus on mental health through this. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to, how to fucking, you know, how I to, you, man. how to, how to, to move through. Right. And how do you, and when you say, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing shitty because for 35 years as a chef, I've always had an answer, right? People say, don't ask a chef a question if you don't want a solution. And, and so now I've had to say to the 50 people that work for me, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know when you're coming back. I don't know what the restaurant's going to look like when you come back. I don't know if the world's going to survive, right? I, I, I don't have those answers. And it's a pretty big weight, right, to think about what we're doing. And Absolutely. so the solution has been... What can we do, right? What do we control? So what can here. we do? So so here, the answer to that is when we started to see folks saying, okay, let's do takeout because that gives us some revenue stream and, and gets us going through. But for me, I wasn't sure it was sustainable. It's also not what we do. And it doesn't employ everybody, right? That It, it gives you a couple of people that you can keep on, on board. Now, for sure, that for me, that's important because, as it turns out, when, if you have people who are undocumented, they're not eligible for unemployment. And I used to, while well, I used to think that they didn't take FMLA or disability out of fear, uh, they are being instructed by by priests and people in the cities and states to say don't do this because the federal government, if you have taken public access money, will put you at the end of the line for citizenship. And so their choice has been not to help their children today in order to hope for a tomorrow where their children can be welcomed as real citizens. So truthfully, that pisses me off. And yeah, so that's fucked up. And so what, so here's what we said was what's going on in Sacramento? bunch of empty kitchens, bunch of cooks who are antsy and want to get back to cooking and fields that surround us that have food and are small farmers that aren't selling any of that food uh, and hungry people. So what we, we started talking with people and how does this work and what does a feeding program look like? Turns out in the world outside of restaurants, there's people that have like to have fucking meetings every day and talk about it. And what does this look like? And so we did that two weeks ago and we went through those meetings. And then on Monday, we just made the decision that we were going to go forward and start feeding people. 
So this week we've been making 400 dinners a day and just distributing them throughout the community, wherever they were needed. It's great because it brings in two or three people. Now we have four people coming in, social distancing as they prepare the food. Folks are coming in to pick up the food. We open the front door, they come in, they say socially distanced. And by the end of this week, we'll feed 2,000 people. Wow, man. Um, in Sacramento, that wouldn't do it. Bravo. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And so we're, and so we're talk, still talking with those people that like to have fucking meetings and want to talk about funding. And someone the other day said to me, well, how are you funding this? And I said, there's a need. We just started doing this. How are you not funding this? There are hungry people. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, and the, 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 what I've been trying to communicate to people, you know, cash flow is crucial to running a successful business. But the other thing that's crucial is a relationship. Um, and just because the cash flow has stopped does not mean our relationships are stopping, you know. And I do believe for, in the core of my heart that the restaurant industry is going to change the world because, because of who is, because of who is, makes up the restaurant industry, people who are inclined to serve, inclined to step up to the plate, inclined to take care of their communities. Uh, and you're just a shining example of that my friend. Thank you. Well, you know, while, while we certainly are worried about what they call the burn rate and uh, doing everything we can to make sure that we're, we're not spending any money where we can't, I do have to say that our cost of goods sold is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, so what else? What I mean, what do we need to do if we want, if we're sitting on our hands or going crazy, like we don't know how to be of use. We don't know how to serve. We don't know how to, we, we want to cook. It's what we're drive to do. How do we do that in a way that's productive? That's also safe. Cause one thing I'm afraid of is that we're so dr driven to serve that we're just going to get out there and start serving regardless, but we're also not really abiding by what the government's asking us to do, which is socially isolating as much as possible. So how do you create that win-win? So it's socially, so the social distancing, and isolation that we've done, that's what we're accomplishing here. If our program, we're looking for the program to ramp up to triple or quadruple for next week. And for us, what that means is shifts of cooks coming in two or three at a time in the restaurant and transferring prepared food over to our banquet hall where shifts of people to pack the food will come in. And then the front doors of the banquet hall open. We have big garage doors that open up. People come in and take what they need and away they go. And so you, 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 you're still following that piece of social distancing while getting the food out to people. It's the diffuse, diffuse production and distribution that helps, it seems to me, make this safer. Yeah. Right. And I think we take a note from our, our local grocery stores, the things that they're doing, they're putting markers up to, to, to mark what six feet looks like constant reminders that we need to be keeping distance uh, and putting uh, sanitizer at critical touch points. So when there's a transaction, having sanitizer immediately there so you can wipe after making contact with other people's. Uh, this is just a few examples of the things we can do that if we're going to choose to put ourselves at risk and get out there to serve and how can we take care of ourselves and other people? Um, what else? And so the other piece, the other piece that for us that's important is, you know, you build a restaurant, people talk about restaurants being families and whether they, you know, and how we come together. But the truth is that we, we work, right? We're fight. We love, we care, we yell, we argue. And how do we make sure that we stay together at this time? So we've been, so today will be our second uh, family meal where everybody's coming in to get probably two or three days worth of groceries that they're in there, a little updated sheet on resources and where we're at with what's going on in the city, the state and uh, federal 
stuff as we're engaging in that. And then, um, but to your point, we have six feet spaces marked out out front. We have um, hopscotch staying out front for somebody to do hopscotch. My dog is here to be able, Lily is the, uh, the official greeter, right? So everybody loves seeing the dog um, coming in, but we're mindful that this is important, right? That what we can do most is to make sure that we stay separate and safe, right? And, and wash our hands all the time and not hug and not stand too close and make sure you wipe off the, the nozzle at the gas station. Right? Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but someone said that was a big one. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's, but it's tough. And the truth is that we hope if we can do this thing where we crush this curve down, then we'll be able to come back slowly, but sure. But for right. And for right now, for us being able to say we're good, right? The restaurant is good. People are going to get paid. Hopefully by next week, everyone's going to get this. We're going to be able to put people back on payroll with the Senate, uh, the Senate relief package coming in. Do you think, well, and then do you think that is that optimistic? Do you think that that's possible or do you think that's, um, not really? So they sent me, they sent me an 800 page bill last night and told me to look at page 189. And it says that if you, as long as you hire back all your people, that you you will be given this loan and it will be forgiven. So for two and a half months, we have 10 weeks of capital to pay for our payroll. We have mortgage forgiveness. We have other things that'll work in. So all those details, motherfucker, all those people love meetings, right? I can't imagine doing that for a living. But if, if they want to, so if they want to give us money so that I can hire people, then that takes away most uh, a big chunk of the concern for us for our distribution system right because we were concerned about the big other people worry about distribution i'm not worried about it what we found is that if you take um trusted community uh mentors and tell them that you have food that they'll take it away from you so pastors people who are in charge of after school programs principals at schools like these guys just come, right? And they'll grab 50 bags at a time and off they go into their community and everybody sees Principal Cacciatore. There he is. Good boy, he's angry, but he's got food, but we can trust him. Yeah. So, so that part's good. How I can't sustainably ask, these guys have all been here volunteering this week, the boys and girls that are helping us. I can't do that. I can't ask for that on a, on a long-term basis. But if they're getting paid and they're antsy, then this is a way for them to move forward and help and do work. So then what we, all we have to do is be able to get money for the farmers, for the field, for the food coming out of the fields. Now this week we've been really lucky, right? I got 300 pounds of food, 300 pounds of meat for $12, which is a great food cost, but, but it's not sustainable, right? Company can't keep giving me that over and over again. And food banks have offered to help and farmers have offered to help. But what we're looking for moving forward is being able to pay those farmers. So for us in California, big farmers doing okay, right? The pipeline is strong. The money's going through. But for some of the small farmers who concentrate on restaurants, their market is all dried up. So our one of our main produce companies who doesn't do a lot of, who focuses on restaurants, uh, is down two-thirds their business. And so what we want to do is, A, put money back through that, through that system. Right. So, so if we're getting payroll forgiveness, boom, we're good. And then any money we're getting, we can put back into that pipeline to pay our, our distributors, to pay our 
purveyors and then to get that money straight back out into the farm so that those farmers are getting money too. And again, because a lot of those people working that might not have papers don't have access to public help. I mean, I I had this one thought, um, and I don't know if maybe you being a chef, you might be able to shoot this down or lift it up. Um, with all these chefs that are, aren't able to, to be in the kitchens, I mean, there's a lot of skills that they still have that they can use to serve their community. Why not get like a smaller community together to go in on a few whole hogs, right? And then process those whole hogs. Um, yep. Like that's one thing we can do to support these local farmers. And then we can also, you know, pay these chefs to the, you know, the help out for their services for breaking these animals down. Cause that's a special skill. Not, not, not everybody in the community knows how to do that. What are your thoughts on that? Like just as an, a, a one thing we can do in the short term to like come together. So that's one of the, so that's one of the things we've been talking about with people is to say, how do you, do you have, what kind of hogs do you have out there? What kind of lambs do you have out there? Cause we know when we get whole hogs in, they break down right and they're salted for prosciuttos and they turn into bacon and, you know, obviously we wouldn't be doing porchetta because we're not serving in the restaurant, but for Lomo for sure, right? And breaking up the shoulders for Gabagol and making head cheese. So taking that, taking that pig and processing it through. So as we've, as, so as we've been walking forward through this, this, what we've been thinking is both the opportunity to be able to support the people who have supported the B&L for 15 years, the farmers, so graciously and making more supporting them making sure we're supporting them, but also maybe as a bright piece to take this as an opportunity to teach people, right? To be able to say, all right, boys and girls, this is a teaching moment, right? So last time we got a pig a month and a half ago and someone, one of the, one of the cooks who was new, we said, all right, you're, you're new and we don't know, you're going to make prosciutto because it's pretty easy, right? You just take, take the leg off and take the H bone out and put it in fucking salt for 40 days and then hang it. So, but what he said to me was, you know, chef, I've worked in a lot of restaurants, but what usually happens when whole animals come in is that they say to the sous chef, here, you break the animal down because you've done it a bunch of times. I've never worked somewhere where someone took the time to teach me how to get to this space. So to your point, maybe this is, so this is a, not only a good way to support our farmers, but a good way to lift up our cooks, right? If what we tell them is what we do what we do in service is noble and valuable and important uh here's a way where we're be being given a gift of grace right of, of a gift time. of purpose too i think yes is, you know which is really important during these times and we don't have purpose like what are we going to do we're just waiting you know and the same thing so in our with our gift with the with a home the bags that the kids are taking home for their family meals We've been asking our friends who are winemakers to say, hey, can you give us, you know, we sell, we give our kids wine at cost, right? So we've said to a bunch of, a couple of wineries to say, hey, can you bring in something that you think is interesting and will sell at cost, but you give us your best discount and sell these wines. So, you know, it's going to be a vino verde. Maybe there's going to be an old school Chardonnay from Napa or a big, big uh, floor cap as a way for our sommelier, our, our wine director, to be able to say, hey, fellas and girls, take this home, drink it. Okay, let's think about this. Here's what it is. When I talk about, because sometimes if you're in the hustle bustle of a restaurant, you're talking about terroir and north side of the hill and picked before the rain and squeezed on the thighs of Egyptian virgins. It doesn't always 
it's too much information, right? To make yeah. sense. So again, here's a gift where we're going to give you a bottle of Ribiola Giala from Matthias and from Steve, and you get to take it home and taste it and see, wow, this is really cool. Hey, I can really sell this. Hey, I can share this knowledge, right? So, so not only are we teaching and sharing for right now, but what we're doing is building for the future so that when we come back, our staff is going to be even better uh, able to help the Educated, customer, yeah. to engage them, and to interest them, to teach them. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, I could talk to you for hours. If you guys don't believe me, go check out episode 673. You're, <laughs> uh, you're filled with wealth and knowledge and great ideas. But what, what do you think the future of the industry looks like? Um, if we are able to, say, come out of this in like a week, like um, you, you got that notice last night, or maybe it goes a little bit longer. I mean, let me for fun, this let me refresh this live count of uh, total confirmed cases. When I last refreshed, it was at 468,523 confirmed cases throughout the world. This was yesterday. I've been doing this for fun to give people a perspective of how exponential this thing's spreading. Hit refresh. This is about 12 hours or less, uh, more maybe. So we're at 500,010. 510,000, sorry, 108. So in that time, 60,000 new cases. You know, that's I, when I see things like that, I get worried that this thing's not going to happen. 60,000 new people are sick, right? And our friends in hospitals who are just nervous as all get out. So we yeah. same thing. So here we've been talking about restaurateurs, cooks in town. We've gotten our TB shots so that if it gets bad at the hospitals, we'll be able to go and help out and cook in there. Um, and they're talking about how do we build a hospital for a thousand people in the parking lot outside uh, that I mean that stuff is crazy so so it's growing and it's getting and it's getting worse but but we think I mean what I see is that if you stay inside if you stay separate if you wash your hands if you do these things of social distancing that that compression of the curve really changes how many people get sick and then for me, as we're getting to this place, man, what this means is that it's people that we know, right? It's Floyd, right, who died yesterday that, you know, for, for chefs of a certain age, right, is a real inspiration and a great guy. My first boss from Rockaway Beach, 72 years old, he's just got out of the hospital, right, with coronavirus, living wow. in Florida. Um, it's starting to hit home, yeah. right? It's starting to see our people. And, and... And, it, and it's our people, you know, like I'm a New Yorker, right? So I, I, love, uh, I love Governor Cuomo, right? Because he says, my mother is not expendable, right? And so what I think is that none of us are expendable. And if we talk about it in the restaurant business, because we've always viewed ourselves as other or outside or maybe our own fault for saying we're not worthy of, well, fuck that, man. We are worthy of it. We are in a moment where we are useful or people and are going to help that. But we also have a responsibility to keep in mind that there's others who don't feel worthy. There are others who are just as important. And our job in this time is to make sure if America comes and says, restaurants are important. We love restaurants. This is too small to fail. We want to make sure this works for us to say, hey, thank you. You're right. We are too small to fail. But here's other folks, right? Here's fellow travelers. Here's the farmers. Here's the distributors. Here's the guy that picks up the garbage. Here's the, as much as it pains me to say it, the meter maid. Right? No one likes meter maids, right? But they have families too. 
Right. Right. So, so use this as a, use this as a time, not only to learn and to love each other and to lean in, but to build each other up. So that when we come out the other side, we have a better America than we had going in. I do think this is going to galvanize us all. I really do. Uh, We're going to be much stronger because of it. Um, And that's the one, you know, one silver lining that you can pull from this is that, you know, it's making us check in. Um, what about the, so? What what is your prediction? Your prediction for the future? How do you predict the future the, of the industry, the state of the industry, to look after this? I will be fatter and have less hair. <laughs> I think. I think that. I think that. I think that the the fate of the industry is strong because while you're going to increase social distancing, certainly you're going to be doing much more stuff remotely. I think it's it's fascinating to see how the kids in schools are learning from home. That's going to change many things. But here's what's not going to change. When you sit at a table and break bread and have conversations, it changes the nature of your relationships. And the place that we do that in America is restaurants. And so I would say to you that restaurants are going to become more important than ever before. Mm -hmm. And anything we can do to make sure that as many of us survive, get through to the other side and have a chance to thrive in the future is going to be very important for yeah. not only ourselves in the industry, but our country. You know, and the one thing I want to communicate to people is that we get to, we get in a sense to almost like do a reset, right? We are all forced to slow down, forced to stop, forced to check in, forced to figure out, well, what do we want to be when we come back? How do we want to come yep. back better? And I am really encourage people to read the book, conscious capitalism during this time. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, if there's one thing I want to accomplish out of this Corona Chronicles, my mission statement is to inspire, empower and transform the industry. I think we can expedite that whole transform part because we're all forced to, we're to slow down to, to evaluate and to redefine what we want to look like to, to, to vision, right? This is a great time to have vision to what do I want yeah. the future to look like? How can we start sharing our visions for what the future should look like? What things need to change for with, with within our industry, within our industry and how can we, communicate that and all aim for the same thing and pull in the same direction. I think that that is kind of a positive ask, you know, you know, again, silver linings. Are you agreeing with my statement or do you think that that's, so, too you know, so, you know, um, the restaurants named after the movie, it's a wonderful life. And there's that piece where, uh, Clarence, the angel says to George Bailey, you've been given a great gift, George. No man gets to see how much effect he has on the world without being in it right and Mm. so here's a place where everybody's getting to see just how important restaurants are and just how much we do have effect on everybody that surrounds us in our community yeah awesome great so you're right it's a reset yeah great stuff um I don't want to cut you short. Anything that you were hoping we would discuss uh these are shorter episodes um trying to keep them around the under a half hour we're, but um, you're you're always so great to talk I'm good. to. Uh, no, good? I'm good, dude. I, you know what I you know what I look forward to, and this is a long distance hope, is that as we've started to you know like we talked about mental health when we first started, and now we're talking about survival and still talking about mental health of the whole industry. I look forward to the day when we move from this, come back strong and roaring as a restaurant industry, and then get to start tackling really the issues of uh mental health that that afflict our industry in a way that's positive yeah it makes it better for everybody so to your point man you're right we can that address that hard, when we come back you know while this is hard yeah. we're gonna make we're gonna make it better mm. on coming out the other side awesome stuff patrick thank you so much for making time for me always a pleasure to talk to you and to make an example of you and your attitude uh stay well and best of luck okay thank you brother appreciate you cheers ciao
There he is, Patrick Mulvaney. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you and make an example of your positivity. And I hope that this episode left you feeling a little uplifted. I mean, there's times right now we're so used to being at service, uh, being busy, having things to do, uh, and we're being forced to come to a standstill, and that has to be hard. Uh, I get it. Uh, but there are things we can do. There are people that still need us and we have skills that are valuable. So get creative, find ways to be of service to your community. Where's the pain? Start there. What can I ask yourself? What can I do to help? Where's the pain and be of value. And when you're getting out there and being of service, don't forget to respect the social distancing. Um, try to be as mindful as possible. Uh, the, I, I think taking a, a note from local grocery stores, uh, trying to, to emulate what they're doing within their businesses is a great place to start. Just those high touch points, having uh, hand sanitizer and just be encouraging people to keep six feet apart and to constantly, constantly be cleaning on um, just being mindful of that while you're out there serving. Uh, and thank you for that. And, um, I have to say it, guys. Uh, you know, the, again, the mission statement is Restaurant Unstoppable is here to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And it feels kind of weird saying that I think these are exciting times because of how devastating uh, the state of the industry is. But wherever there's disaster, there's opportunity. And I think what's really exciting is that we're all being forced to stop, which means we're all going to start together. And when we start together, Let's think about how we're going to how we're going to come back. Let's use this time to get aligned. Let's use this time to make ourselves a better version of ourselves than we were when this whole thing happened. Uh, you know, share knowledge. Uh, let, let's vision together. What, what does the industry need? I think that's a question we need to be asking ourselves. What does our industry need and how can we come back with those things? How can we be intentional going into the future? Uh, I think this is a really exciting time to be asking those questions and I think that we can expedite this mission of trying to transform the industry. So if that sounds like something you can get behind, shoot me a message, head over to Facebook and uh, search for unstoppable restaurant owners and operators and join that group. Share what you think the industry needs and how we can come back even stronger. I think that should be the conversation. Let's stop talking about what we don't have control over and start talking about what we do have control over. Uh, and I think with that said, I can take this time now to thank our sponsors. I would not be able to do what I do without the support of my sponsors. And this episode today is brought to you by Procter & Gamble. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious right now that we uh, stay clean and sanitize and Procter & Gamble has a whole suite of chemicals and tools, cleaning solutions to help us combat coronavirus. Uh, you can check out Febreze Professional, which cleans up to 99.9% .9 of all bacteria. There's also Microban, uh, which is a product I never heard of that is also a multi purpose cleaner, uh, tons of tools out there. Uh, so, you know, when you're thinking about getting those cleaning supplies, try to help out restaurant unstoppable by making a Procter and Gamble, uh, maybe one of your go-to, uh, tools and resources to combat what's, what's happening out there. All right, guys, thanks for sticking around this long. Uh, I will talk to you in a couple hours and just stay positive.